Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode of Inside Fashion is brought to you by NetSuite, which empowers fashion companies to deliver a strong omni-channel customer experience while streamlining back-end operations. Visit www.netsuite.com bof to learn more. Tim, it's been a very intense season. How have you been thinking about this season? People have really been talking about women. This extraordinary coincidence of current affairs and fashion affairs. Celine, that was probably the most anticipated show of the season. I just expected so much more. I don't get liberation from any stuff. Mm. I get restriction. I get a sort of uniformity. How British did Ricardo's Burberry feel to you? Remember what Europeans think of the British. You know, it had that sort of weird Ricardo Tisci eroticism. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, and welcome to Inside Fashion. This week on the BOF podcast, we are talking Fashion Month. And every Fashion Month, I get to sit next to Tim Blanks, our legendary editor-at-large who I grew up watching on TV while I was growing up in Canada. This week, there was so much to discuss, from Hedy Sleeman's debut at Celine to the emotional response to Tom Brown's show. We will cover all of these topics and more on this week's BOF podcast 
a special edition that was filmed during a conversation we had with some of our BOF professionals during a live chat earlier this week. Well, for all of you BOF podcast listeners, we've decided to share some of the most interesting moments from this conversation with you today. So without further ado, here's Imran Ahmed and Tim Blanks, Inside Fashion. I am here with our esteemed editor-at-large, Tim Blanks. And today we will be taking a deep dive into the fashion season that has just concluded last night in Paris. Every season, Tim and I sit in the back of a car in all of these fashion capitals and we have a chit-chat about everything that's going on um, at the shows but also what's going on in the world. And we just thought it might be nice to have that conversation here and recap the season that was with all of you. We've got lots to discuss. I'm happy to turn it over and um, start with Tim. And Tim, it's been a very intense season. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been a season with a lot of conversations around the fashion system. However, uh, it's also been a season with very uneven fashion. So do do you want to just give us well, how have you been thinking about this season? One, one thing that you and I talked about in the back of the car was this idea of escape and mm-hmm. engagement and the show's kind of escape, divided. Escape versus, versus engagement. engagement. Yeah. yeah. And how the show's kind of divided into two camps. Well, it, the, the division wasn't, wasn't that acute, but I, I do think that um, the, world is, the world is so extraordinary right now that... that Everyone has been compelled to take a position on on all the questions that, that are being asked, all the the things that are happening in, in politics and in society, and and fashion is no different from any other creative area where people are um, choosing to to go for the sort of you know the uplift of escape or to try and say something more meaningful. I think. What, what has been so interesting about this season, it is a women's wear season, but people have really been talking about women this season. I mean, really, um, the, the issues that are confronting women, and uh, particularly women, and um, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it, it was, it was, a, it, was a such, it was a very intense month, you're right, but that particular moment in Paris that coincided with the, the Supreme Court hearings, that those particular two days were just so interesting that, that I mean, so, um, I mean, it was just this extraordinary coincidence of current affairs and fashion affairs. Uh, which I can't, I can't remember anything like, well, no, I think obviously you have, you have events like 9-11, which, which impacted enormously on the industry. But I can't remember a time when um, there, were, there, were, there were political discussions, you know, people, people, not, people not being scared to, you know, not, not evading issues, but actually confronting them. And, I think I think what's very promising about this is that I, I, I feel it will intensify um, over the next few years. Do you think that this was the intention of those designers 
to, to kind of put these issues to the forefront? Or was it just a coincidence um, that you know, these Kavanaugh hearings happened in Paris and then everyone kind of interpreted those shows through the lens of what they were witnessing happening? Well, it's a, it was a coincidence. I mean, um, Rick Owens' show, I think, was one that really struck a chord with people because his staging had... Um, had three or four women, black black models, walking with burning torches, and then in the middle of the in the middle of his his show space, there was a a wooden tower which was set which was set afire and burned, and um, you know the tower obviously representing um, authority, and um, the show was called Babel, as in the Tower of Babel, but I think. The, sh the, the tower represented this sort of solid, stolid, implacable patriarchy. Well, yeah, because that's what—that's the spin that everybody put right. on it. Of course, instantly was that it represented the patriarchy. Now, Rick Owens has never been that overt in the past, but I think, I think, being an American in Paris and observing what's happened, been happening in this country, I think I think he he feels he feels compelled, like I said, to take a position. But it was so graphic. To have these women, his his women, dressed like, dressed like priestesses, and dressed like, there's there's always a, always an enormous and, and quite eerie spiritual component in what he does, but to see that happening as Washington was was you know, in metaphoric flames, figurative flames. Well, I people mean, people were literally watching the hearings on, on mobile phones. phones. Oh God, yes, I did, the, I did. I stopped in the street the show, and I stood in the know? street and watched for You and ages. I watched in the back of the car, actually, yeah, on yeah. the way to Celine, yeah. which happened later that day, uh -huh. or the next day, I think. And you know that was probably the most anticipated show of the season. You yes. wrote quite a strongly yeah. opinionated review. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about how you interpreted that show and give a little bit more insight to why you took the position that you took. Well, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't lambasting. Um, I wasn't taking, I wasn't taking a, a strongly negative position because, you know, I couldn't, I can't believe what they've done to Celine. You know, Phoebe had already quit when they hired Eddie, so it's not like she was replaced by Eddie. It's not like his, you know, everything she was was forcefully drummed out of town. Um, my my feeling more was that I just expected so much more. Yeah. But you know, it's very it's really interesting when, when fashion is a very very odd beast. And when we were talking to Karl Lagerfeld the other day, and he said, "You just can't leave for two years and expect to come back and everything's just the same as it was." I mean, in the two years that Eddie has not been in, involved in the industry, Gucci happened, and that was a, that was an absolute that was a watershed. That was a I mean, everything changed after that. Balenciaga happened. Um, I mean, Damna Vesalia happened. Uh, fashion found new leaders and new, uh, new opinion formers. And I think um, also in that time, the, the Saint Laurent, the label that Eddie made his own so brilliantly, however you felt about what he actually did, the, the whole strategy and the, and the whole creation of that entity was incredible. I mean, he's a master impresario, just incredible, incredible entrepreneurial individual. Um, 
he, he stood on the sidelines and watched that label go from strength to strength, more or less using the blueprint that he had created. And I guess I was disappointed that he felt the need to come back to the business and more or less, more or less redo that, to, as if he's saying, this was mine, yeah. and re to reclaim it. I mean, I guess it just felt... You know, I, I love an obsessive as much as the next person does, but I, I, I just felt that uh, maybe there were, it felt like settling scores in a way, but it, it, I just, I really thought that there would be something, I suppose, richer, because he's older and... Um, he's 50 now. Yeah, yeah, and he's... To see him still locked into that moment in his adolescence when those people, those boys and girls, made such a huge impact on him. Somebody did point out to me a very interesting thing, that there was a, in Actuel magazine, there was a cover story, um, Les, Les Beaujons, or something. It was a cover story about kind of like bright young things, I suppose, but, and how, and this just, it's like this, attached itself to his psyche as a manifesto for the rest of time. And he, you know, I, I find, say with Ralph Simmons, when you, when, you, when you look at a designer who is really, really mesmerized by a moment in time and, and a place, you know, and, and, and this just grips him. You, you see that in all Ralph's work. You see it in his work. You see it in his work for Calvin Klein. You saw it in his work for Jill Sandra. No, not so much there. there but... Um, Eddie is, is coming from the same place, this, this ideal, this sort of dream, and this obsessive effort to recreate the dream. I guess as somebody gets older and hopefully wiser, I would like to see how that dream evolved. evolved. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the one thing that became very clear to me was that essentially, you know, because he is so true or fixated or obsessed with this particular, maybe it was that cover, I don't know what it was, that you know, has created this, you know, creative vision in his head, it's become clear that that's the only thing he, he does, right? Well, Because well, he did the same thing at Dior. Yeah, and he did it at Saint Laurent. And then he did it at Saint Laurent, but think and now about he's it. doing it at Celine. Think about, at Celine, he's not, this is, he has an absolutely blank slate. Before, he had, he had, Dior, well, he had a blank slate at Dior, sort of, but Saint Laurent, which was really his triumph, he always, always was very um, careful to bring the Saint Laurent legacy into what he did. He would point to something he had done and say, this is, you know, an echo of whatever, the, 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 the um, you know, the, the, the scandalous collection from the early 70s, or the, the you know, the, the, there'd be something there that would echo a Saint Laurent moment. Because he worked with Mr. Selma. Yeah, yeah. And he has such a long yeah. history with that house. Yeah, absolutely. And, but here, this is, this, is un, this is a sort of unedited Eddie. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's very interesting, like you say, that he, is, he just goes right back to that archetype. Um, and, you know, of course, everybody afterwards is saying, well, it's going to be a commercial smash and, you know, the numbers will speak for themselves and all the people like me who got on their, uh, got on their old covered wagons and lumbered into town with a kind of dinosaur's opinion of what he's trying to do. Um, 
will will you know be left looking as obsolete as he probably imagines we all are. But I'm curious about that because you know what Gucci has proved is that there is an appetite for a sort of humanist, imaginative, um, and a sort of exercise in just complete and utter liberation. Liberation of the, the soul, you know. Alessandro Michele is like a shaman in that respect. He leads his followers to this you know, glorious promised land of Gucci. I don't get liberation from Eddie's stuff. Mm-hmm. I get restriction. I get a sort of uniformity. Um, but that may be appealing to certain people. No? I'm sure it would, yeah. sure it would be. But what I'm saying is that the world has changed since it was appealing. And I wonder if. You know, I wonder if more people are clued into a sort of... If you, if you look at what the young designers we were seeing through the course of the month, um, especially in New York, where... I mean, I thought that was green shoots, real grounds for optimism there. Um, they are very much... They're almost like hippies. Mm. And Eddie is definitely not a hippie. Right. Well, it, you know, it remains to be seen, I think... Certainly, that was the single most talked about mm-hmm. moment in the fashion mm. season. The mm. other moment that people were really looking forward to was Burberry. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious um, to hear your point of view on the impact that Ricardo made with his first show. I, um, I didn't know what to, I really didn't know what to expect. I, 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 I guess I was guardedly optimistic because I thought that viral campaign with the new, um, monogram. The new monogram was very funny. I thought it was very smart and it, and, and it, was, sort of, it was global and it had a sort of funny wit, it had a wit to it. So I guess I was guardedly optimistic about the show. I think it was very much a throw everything against the wall and see what sticks kind of show. I mean, there were 130 something looks. There was too much, there was way, way too much. Um, by the time the, a handful of black evening dresses appeared at the end, they just seemed, seemed like such an afterthought, you kind of wondered why they were even there. And, and then thinking about what will Ricardo bring to Burberry, um, it, was such, it, was, it was such a kind of odd fit. Um, I mean, it, you, it seemed like an odd fit, you, but you couldn't imagine them throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So um, I think the first 42 looks were like a Ricardo Tisci show. The next, the next section, which was streetwear, and, and, and also you know, Ricardo's expertise in things like sweatshirts and T-shirts and so a sort of funky, you know, appeal. Um, so there was a sort of, not quite high-low, but you know, there was a sort of mm-hmm. bit of a dialogue going on there. Lost me. Um, the first thing was that there was a sort of different take on Burberry. It was, it, it was quite, you know, it had that sort of weird Ricardo Tisci eroticism. And I don't think there's ever been a, there was ever a time under Christopher Bailey where people said Burberry was erotic. No. Um, which seemed, which was, seemed quite promising. Um, that's always a, you know, inter- interesting direction to explore. It, I don't know. I, I, again, the, it, it, we'll see what happens when it hits stores. But there is, you know, these people who have really, really 
uh, loyal constituencies like Ricardo, like Eddie, like just, you know, the sort of ardent followers. Um, maybe just, they'll show up. It depends how many of them are. Yeah, and, and, also, and also where they are in their devotion because you have a favorite rock star um, or favorite pop star. You have a favorite pop star and then he's, he or she is not your favorite pop star forever. Mm-hmm. On Burberry, just for another minute, you know, one of the things that I think Burberry is trying to own is this idea of being the British luxury brand. So Marco Gobetti, the CEO, has made it very clear that he wants to take the business up market a bit higher end than it was before. Perhaps the second section of the show that you're referring to was the entry level stuff, but then there was the kind of... Well, it, it, did, feel, it did feel like two very different audiences. Yeah. How British did Ricardo's Burberry feel to you, if that's what they want to own? Well, remember, remember what Europeans think of the British. Um, they think they're perverse. I mean, I mean, speaking about the sort of, you know, not the not the man in the street, but they, they, have a, they have a perception of the English as being quite sort of sexually experimental, um, believe it or not. Slightly deviant. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like an island race, kind of yeah. in their country houses having sort of yes. parties. Yes, parties. Um, and, and, and I think, I think I, you know, like Belle de Jour, I, I don't know what the British equivalent of Belle de Jour is, but... but um, there was a bit of that, and, and it was when he was doing the British Lady. Um, that was a, the, that first section was quite. It was, it was quite refined, but then he had just, you know, twisted it just a little bit. Yeah. Like you could, like, like she was a woman of appetite. Right. Okay. So it felt British to you in that way. What other shows made an impact for you this season, Tim? Um, my my absolute favorite show of the season that we started talking about escape versus engagement was Prada. Okay. And um, she was very angry uh, in you Milan. You spoke to her after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, was, she had a dinner afterwards and I was talking to her and uh, yeah, she's very, she's very angry about, about what is happening with, um, she's, she's angry about what she feels is the lip service that is paid to the future and to, you know, we need a revolution or whatever. And then how actually, actually retrogressive so much of everything actually is in practice. And she, she mentioned the fashion and, and the art world and so on. And was she angry about everything that's happening in her own country or in yes. America? Yeah, everywhere? yeah. I mean, it's, the, the, the chickens have come home to roost. And I am using so many crazy metaphors today, so many stale old um, bon mots. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what's happening in Italy is just terrifying yeah. people. It's just, it, it's just, and and even even through the whole time that we were there, it was just you could feel it. You could feel this is the the abyss. Um, yeah, so she's and and just thinking generally about what's happening with women around the world, and and um, I mean, I think she's feeling engaged in a in a way that I've never seen her. Um, because there's always been a pretty political subtext yeah. to Prada. Right? She was the secretary of the Communist Party when she was a university student. And, and um, she's, she's obviously, she's a, a, a political thinker. But I think she's kept the, the, kept the fashion and politics quite separate. Um, and this, like, season, so, this season she combined it. Yeah, well, it's like athletes. You know, athletes used to say you can't have politics in sport. And look, 
athletes are so politicized now. Colin Kaepernick and all Yeah, yeah. I think that she's, I think that she's very similar. In the show, obviously, when I say something like that and people would go to look at the pictures, they'd be like, well, what's political about this? But I think just the way she has started to define women through her clothing um, more aggressively and um, more, of a, more of a sense of community uh, and also more of a sense of women versus men, which, she, which has always been there, but her men have always been a bit... She's always tended to sort of de-ball de de her men, you know, in a way that the men's collections, are, she emphasizes their vulnerability, and, she and the women's collections, she emphasizes women's strength. Um, but I thought that was, my, that was my favorite collection of the whole season. But then, conversely, my other favorite collection, Milan, was Marnie, which was just the most, it, it was like, just the most fabulous trip. Like just, I think Francesco Riso is. He's, he's finally hit his stride. Oh my God, yes. And, 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 it, was, and it, was, it was a lot more polished in, yeah. in, in, in execution um, he, because he is, a, he is very much a sort of um, pell-mell um, enthusiast, I think. But then the ideas and the and the and the the story that the collection told. You know, everybody everybody is hungry for narrative. Um, I think that's I think that's a lot. That's a lot of what, that's a, that's a big reason why we're seeing the things that are happening. People need a story. They need they need the they need the the sort of direction of the story. They need to they need to feel they're participating in something, um, for better or worse. And his story was just brilliant. You know, I thought this season, Tim, that Fashion Month didn't really start until we got to Paris. It felt like a very uh -huh. lopsided season. Oh my God, season. yes. Never, never, never more so than, than this year. Um, it, was, it was so, it, the, the sort of, the, the metaphor, the weather was, the, the, weather was sure. the perfect metaphor. New York, the, the weather in New York was absolutely unspeakable. I mean, the day of Michael Kors' show, Humidity was 97%. It was like being suspended in someone's, I won't even say, it was like being yeah, suspended in a bodily orifice for an entire day. And then, <laughs> um, and then we got to Paris and it was like, it was just the most perfect what Indian that? summer. Yeah. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it just lifts your spirits and you're out in the street and you're walking, you're not dodging stinky puddles of water and, and, and just feeling like you need a shower every 10 minutes. And it was funny because there was so much in Paris. There, there always is quantity-wise, but um, the, the quality, the, the, the range of, um, the range of work that you see there, from new people to well, you know, from Marine Sayre to Chanel, from um, most most established house to the people of this is their second season, just the the, the craft and the um, the execution and the breadth of of vision is is incredible. And then there's a funny uh, there's something else funny that happened. I thought was. Um, I don't know how this, you know, this is the old, how does everybody do the same thing at the same time in fashion story? Yeah. But it's, it's a sort of variant of that. Dries did one of his best shows ever. That show was beautiful. Yeah. And, and you just think, wow, you know, you think where, where, where he's been for the last few seasons, very good, very consistent. But suddenly it's like he's, 
you know, like a new lease on life. Do you just think as, maybe he's not worried about money anymore in the business? Well, of course, he, the business was acquired. Yeah, yeah, And this yeah. is the first season since that acquisition where he probably... He said it made no difference at all. Really? Um, maybe it he, probably maybe did. he doesn't I think, even know. I think, <laughs> I think it did. I think maybe, you know, now it's secure. Yeah. But, but it, it was more than that. It was just what that collection was composed of. It, the, the, the sort of... The, the, this, this kind of pragmatic glamour, you know, making be these beautiful silhouettes, these almost couture silhouettes out of humble fabrics, which felt like a, felt, felt meaningful, you know, in a way to exalt the ordinary, to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. This, it's something designers have been talking about for a long time, but you, you not for a long time, but for a few seasons at least, uh, everybody looking for the extraordinary in the ordinary. Um, but. I don't think we've seen it so perfectly expressed as we did in that collection. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. 
It's advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Um, speaking of uplifting moments and amazing shows. Let me put my glasses back uh, on. One of the, the first time I've ever seen you stand up at a fashion show was at the end of uh, Pier Paolo's Valentino show this season. <laughs> you and, just, and it was because I couldn't see. No, 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 I stood up. You're absolutely you right. I've stood, up. I've stood up before. I stood I know, up, I stood up for Tom Ford a few times. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Or I wasn't there. Um, Why that show? Why this season? You know, this is, he's coming off two of the most brilliant couture shows. This show was different from, it, 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 didn't, it didn't take its cues from what he'd done in Couture. It was a different statement based on the same things. He, he, he Pier Paolo Piccioli doesn't want Couture to be exclusive. He, 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 he said, I am against the notion of escape, which is, which is interesting because then he makes clothes that are just, they have this transporting extravagance. I mean, the silhouettes were just so, Gorgeous, and they took you somewhere else. Maybe, maybe another time or place, or maybe I could could be the future. I mean, the craft is extraordinary. Again, the same thing, like the fabrics and so on. He's he's making a statement that that about you know making a statement with humility and this very extravagant notion at the same time. And I found the the show was so. Exquisite. I, I, you know, to, to do to those dresses, those embroidered and beaded dresses, and where there's like six or seven types of fabric, like um, velvet and cotton and linen and, and, and satin and things, all kind of collaged together seamlessly. You, you just stand, you're just sitting there looking at these things, thinking, how the hell do they do that? Yeah. But on a, on a dress that is as simple as a t shirt. Yeah. And, and that, um, of course, <laughs> it cost about 34,000 times more than a T-shirt, but it, it was just, you know, it was just, it, 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 it kind of, I think, and when Aduta Kesh, who is the most incredible new model. I was gonna um, ask you about the model. Just the season. most incredible new model. When she came out in that dress at the end of the that show, one. yeah. You just felt like you had to stand up. Let's talk about a dude because yeah. you know you skipped ahead to one of my questions. What is it about a dude that has got the whole industry? Just she closed Chanel, she closed Valentino. You know she's she's going to be the next. We shouldn't say that. Actually. Yeah, we can't say that. We can't say. I nearly said it. We have some confidential information, <laughs> but we can't share. But what what what's going on with a dude? Why has everyone? Do you know it's it, it it's it's it was the season of of the black model, um, well, and I, I mean diversity obviously has, has been this has been a a, a touch you know a, a sort of a sort of key point in in the industry for for a while I think, but but now you you are seeing um, you know like Carl Carl Lagerfeld was saying the other day these extraordinary new black models who take you back to what it was like in the 80s when you would go to a show and then all the models would be black. Nobody ever said anything about it. It was never an issue. Of course the models, you know, of course you've got 
white girls, black girls, everything all together. It was nobody ever said, we're the black girls. We have to diversify. It just was naturally extremely diverse. But I think that, um, you know, and then he said, well, we don't get a Naomi Campbell every day. And, but these, these girls have a different, very different kind of energy that they're, um, they're not, they don't have that sort of diva quality, but they're just, that they have an incredible versatility. I mean, Adut was in so many different kinds of shows, but she, she, can, do the, she can do the ball gowns, oh, and the big gowns, the big glamorous dresses, with such incredible elegance and, um, and a, a sort of a, a carelessness but but still totally inhabiting a carefreeness. Carefreeness, yes, yeah. carefreeness. While still totally inhabiting the the dress. Yeah. You know, it never she even though she's so young, she never ever looks like the clothes are wearing her. And I mean she's a brilliant, brilliant model. But on top of all of that, she's she was born in a refugee camp in Kenya and raised, and she grew up in Australia. Yeah. So she has this really... And you know, she, I, she sat next to me at the BOF 500 dinner, and so I had the, you know, pleasure to hear her whole story. Like, she supports her family. Mm, I'm sure she does. I'm which sure is, she does. I mean, she is just the most incredible But she's... Uh, you, you, everybody who meets her is like, wow. Yeah. She's, and she's so comfortable with herself and, and, and so and, confident. And so absolutely natural. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a dude, and and I think that she's symptomatic of something of something else that's happening in fashion. That's that a change that maybe isn't even being registered, you know, in a, in a sort of and being registered in in a way that 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 marks its significance. But um, yeah, that 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 was happening. Anyway, when she walked out in that Valentino dress, it was hard not to jump. There's up one and show, an important show, a show that made an impact perhaps for the wrong reasons this season that we should probably talk about which is Tom Brown mm -hmm. and through the lens of the kind of women's issues that came to the forefront this season um, that show did not get a particularly warm reception well it's it's really I think there's a really interesting duality here um, Tom Brown and Ray Kawakubo often get talked about in the same in the same sentence because she, I know she really respects him and I know how important um, she has been to him and his career, um, even, even just you know, supporting him commercially and, and um, carrying him in Dover Street Market and so on. But you know, in the sense that they are two designers who live so far outside the, the orthodoxy, they're making their own rules, doing things to clothes that, that transcend the notion of clothing and making stuff that's as close to art as, as, as fashion will ever get. This season, under the, under the umbrella, under the sort of dome of Me Too, Ray, did, Ray Kawakubo did a collection that was so powerful. Yeah. It was just, it was kind of, when that first model came out, I mean, and she was, she was pregnant and her, Belly was breaking through this look that was kind of like a man's 
I mean, it was a sort of was very... A newspaper a very, underneath it? Um, there, was, there, was, there were newsprint body stockings, yeah. Yeah. Which, which from what I could winkle out, were the only headline I could see related to war, yeah. which I thought was very interesting. But this pregnant belly breaking through a, an, a, an outfit that was a sort of an abstraction of a man's suit. Yeah. was such a sort of stunning a performance art image. And then Tom does his show um, with the clothes that just defy comprehension in their execution and in their conception. You, know, you can never get out of him how he comes up with the ideas he comes up with. He, he is just steadfastly, he steadfastly refuses to analyze what he does, which is why he had a problem this season because the, the show was just this agonizing kind of tone deaf performance with models unable to walk in the shoes and they were all their models and were trussed up. And the clothes were so joyous. Yeah, and I know. Colorful. In the showroom the day before, the, the ex clothing and accessories, it was so, it was like this fabulous candy colored dream, you know? Yeah. And, and it was such a weird thing to see it. I mean, the models were wearing like Jason Voorhees masks, yeah. like Friday the 13th masks. But done in sort of kind of like one was a melting ice cream cone. So imagine the good humor man and Jason Voorhees having a sort of duke out at the, that holiday camp where Jason killed all the teenagers. And, and this, this weird combination, the macabre combination of, of light and heavy. And it just, yeah. And, and, and I'm sure, I mean, he's, he's, he's just, it just was a very, very badly misjudged moment, and, and he was taken to task for it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, there are, uh, talking what I said before about it being a season where more than ever women's issues were, were to the fore, and because of Me Too and Time's Up, and, um, and a, a sense that, that certain things have been going on for too long and need to be, there needs to be a, a reckoning and so on. Um, that, that will completely lost my train of thought there. That's okay. It derailed. That's okay. I have one last question, which is we haven't talked much about young designers. Mm -hmm. I mean, London used to be seen as the hot spot for you know, young creativity and fashion, something that this city has owned for the better part of a decade or longer. Um, where, what, which young designers made a mark for you this season? Anywhere? Anywhere. Anywhere. Um, well, I, I, it, it sort of begins in London always for me. And I saw um, the Matty Boven show, and I know that he's, he's kind of the anointed. He's the protege he's, of uh, Katie Grand, I think. Yeah, but he's the anointed. You know, there's always that, there's always that untrammeled creativity. There's always the guy who stands for no limits. Right. Um, and, you know, commerce be damned. Like last season, those incredible Stephen Jones hats with the, with the balloons and the nets. Um, it was, it, it had that, it just, had, it, it was joyous, you know. And actually, um, that's what I really, really responded to. Um, I found, I found the joy, joyous collections were the ones that, which of, of course is reflective of, of the world at large. Um, you want uplift, um, and they were the, 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 the. It was a collection. It was so. It was so um, energized, 
and colourful. Um, it actually was quite a colourful season. And I would say, you know, and we're talking about young designers, but Matty Boven um, was, was, is somebody who I think, you know, we've got Charles Jeffrey um, who shows during the men's. men's. And I think they're a good counterpoint. I think um, this is, that, that's that thread of London that, that will never die. It's the thread that feeds London and also that feeds the whole world of fashion. Hmm. What about Marine Serre and Jacques Mousse, who both showed early in Paris? Yeah, and who was sort of the new face of French fashion. Yeah. Uh, Marine comes out of the sort of vetmore philosophy of um, very, very committed to upcycling and. She worked and with them now. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah, she did. Um, very, very, very committed to making fashion relevant. Um, and the relevant relevance is, uh, you know, I, I was as I was saying to you before, I think we've been through the period of um, a disruption, mm -hmm. and then we went through the period of authenticity, where everything was, you know, disruptive or, or authentic. Or, and now I think the word that more and more I hear is relevance. And of course, it's such a challenge. Yeah. Well, what does a, that mean to you? Well, it it means that I suppose in in the age of Me Too, its um, relevance is. Is, is this combination of appropriate and um, and I would say uplifting. Um, I mean, timeliness obviously is 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 critical. I think opinion is really really important. But I think you know relevance to me is not just pointing out the problem, it's indicating a possible solution. You know? Yeah, and it also feels like those designers who continue to design in a bubble separated from what's going on in the world seem increasingly out of step. You know, so for Tom Brown, for example, to decide to stage a show the way he staged the show, uh -huh, regardless uh -huh. of how beautiful uh -huh. and well-constructed and created those clothes were, well-conceived those clothes were, they didn't have it wasn't well received because it wasn't relevant for well, the context well that, we're in. That was it was interesting because you know I could almost contradict myself here, but Rob, Robin Gavan wrote a very good piece in the Washington Post about the, the Alexander McQueen show, where again it's that thing where you just you're just transported by the beauty yeah. and the and the work and the, the detail and the, and the, and Sarah Burton had the most amazing, beautiful backstory for the collection. Now, Robin just says, who's going to wear those clothes? What's the relevance of them? And to, to me, I mean, I, I, I found that show just so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It, it, there'll, be, there'll be some women who wear, wear those clothes. I mean, it won't just be Kate Blanchett. It'll be other people. But I think... In her, in her case, um, she's absolutely mesmerized by the notion of paganism and the female, the sort of primal female spirit as it was expressed in pagan societies. And she went to, she went to Glastonbury and, and Avalon, which I didn't even know was a place, but I always thought Avalon was this sort of place of myth, but it really exists and it's marshland. You can walk through it. And she takes all that feminine magic, um, really, really proper, like witches, white witches, black witches, all that sort of stuff, and, and infuses her clothes with, 
with this, this strange power. I mean, I did ask her if she's ever performed any spells. <laughs> because um, uh, it herself, uh, because you, that, that's sort of where I feel that, I, I don't know, I don't know how to attach that to Was it relevant? Well, I don't know how you, yeah, was it, to, to me it is because it's, it's, to me the relevance is in the questions it asks, as in, is it relevant? I mean, the, the, the clothes, and, the, and the, the relevance of those clothes is that people have always needed that kind of beauty. Um, there, there's always been painters who just paint beautiful things. Um, and then there've been painters who, you know, who dive to the, the, into the, you know, the darkest, the darkest reaches of the human soul. Um, and, I, and I think the relevance for me is, is that it's like reading an, an incredible novel. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it. I think it's. I think it's food for the soul. It, it, might, it might not be clothes for the office. <laughs> well, interestingly, in my in my interview with Mr. Pino, which is in our most recent print edition, the BOF 500 print edition, we talked about Gucci and Saint Laurent and Balenciaga, of course, and he made a point of raising McQueen as the next big brand for Karen. Yeah, so no, I was the, reading all of that the, as well. The relevancy seems to be resonating with a certain consumer group and I guess what the the business folks at McQueen are, are you know figuring out what to, how to do is how to take those incredible catwalk creations and the creativity that, you know, Sarah Burton brings and commercialize it in a way and that works. And do shoes and bags. Yeah, and so I guess that's that's what they're working on. Now. Well, you know, I suppose I suppose there is a, there's an incredible halo effect yeah. from from those uh, which was always beautiful the shows. strategy. Yeah, I, yeah. As I was sitting in that show, I you know I was thinking about um, McQueen's old shows, mm. and it reminded me that you know what's different about Sarah Burton's McQueen is that there's none of the production. I mean, the the one show we should talk about, by the way, before we move on, is the Balenciaga oh. show. Speaking of production, I mean, that for me was like the most mind-blowing. No, I'll tell but before we finish yeah. with Sarah Burton, okay. the, the huge difference there is that she's a woman designing for women. Yes, of course. And, and that has had a huge impact on yeah. As much as you can look at McQueen and see McQueenisms, um, the... Um, the um, the the, the 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 sensibility now is a, is a very different sensibility. Yeah. So Balenciaga. Balenciaga tell me what you think. Blew my mind. I, mean, I thought, I at one point the the, the uh, John Raffman's John Raffman's immersive video install, installation. Um, it was pouring around the walls all the time. It was like sitting in the middle of a volcano in Hawaii at some points, but. There was a point where the, whatever was on the floor was rushing past so quickly, I thought I was going to tip out of my chair and fall. It was like, it was like this river that was... It was, that so was just, incredible. And, and, and it's funny because the models, apparently the models had particular trouble coming around corners because the, their whole center of gravity was so destroyed by what was going under them, beside them, and over their heads. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were in, for anyone who hasn't seen the photos, because it must be one of the most photographed, it is probably the most photographed well, show. Well, there's an season. amazing, if you haven't seen it and you're watching or listening, there's an amazing video on the BOF Instagram 
feed of exactly what it was like right at the beginning of the show. Um, so if you want to check it, check that out. I also thought, incidentally, that he really sharpened yes. the silhouette. Yes. And the execution. As he, he said, it was about, it, it was about honing um, the proposition that he'd yeah. originally made. So those clothes are so strong. Yeah. I mean, speaking about empowerment, my yeah. God, those women's clothes and the men's clothes. I mean, he, if he's dressing a new generation, um, that it's going to be a very, very interesting situation because they are the kind of clothes that completely change the way you feel about yourself, not just change the way you feel about yourself, but, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, when, when, when Alessandro Michele talks about wearing yellow and he says five minutes after you put on yellow clothes, you completely change the way you feel about things. Sure. Um, you know, I, I kind of believe that on some kind of deep psychic level, I guess. But, but it's so <clears throat> with Damna, it's right there, yeah. you know, there's no, and, and it's, it's kind of, you know, did you notice that all of everything had like a tag somewhere yeah. on it, like yeah. the kind of tag that's usually inside, sticking Balenciaga. out, the Balenciaga. Yeah. So branded product, um, but that was, I think, the most overwhelming fashion show I've ever seen in my life. And, and uh, Befriend, the, the, the young man who made the music created the soundtrack of such symphonic techno yeah. that um, he sent it to you last night. Yeah, and then I was listening to it on my laptop, and I wrote to him. And I said, "I want that sound system because it just doesn't sound the same coming out of a laptop." But right. it, it was just it, right with earphones. It was like a drug that yeah, music, and and I think everybody felt like they were on a drug in that, in that tunnel of wherever we where we were going. To conclude with one question, which is like. Hmm. Do you still enjoy fashion? Week? I, I love it. Yeah? I love it. I had, um, I had, I, I usually don't want it to end. Um, Even though you're exhausted. Well, I would die if it kept on going. Um, I, I had about six hours sleep in the last four days. Um, I, not because I'm going out either, <laughs> because I'm working in my room. Um, I, no, I love it. I, would, I wouldn't do it if I didn't. I mean, what a, what a futile exercise that would be. I've been doing this for three decades. And I think I've always said it's because I'm not a fashion person that I can look at it and always find something to appreciate. And, you know, we're talking about narrative before, the story always changes. And there's always new stories and then old stories coming back. And it's just, it's like living a, a huge, complicated novel. Yeah. I found this particular past week in Paris, or nine days or 10 days or whatever, I just found it the most stimulating, interesting, engaging, like nine days of fashion that I've had in a very long time, just because there was so much to think about. And of course, there was all this other stuff going on in the world, but it just gave a real boost to, well, to the way we think about fashion, the, the impact that our industry can have. Well, it's, it's, it, it's looking for a role in what is the relevance, of course. It's looking for a role in, in, in everything that is going on and everything that is changing. And it, I think in a, in a lot of cases, not in a lot, but in enough cases, there's reason to be optimistic yeah. that fashion is just one of those things that's never going to go away. Um, which, which is, I think, very exciting. And I think, I, I keep saying to people, I think this is a time of, real, of really great opportunity 
uh, especially for young people who who will go into the go into the industry because they love it and they're not looking to become billionaires or whatever. And there's a lot to say. Yeah. Well, we are out of time, so we can't say any more. But um, I'm it's sure all of you will agree. Chatting with Tim about fashion week is just. So interesting. So thank you for. We uh, could have chatted more. It would have we could have been a little more, a little more clarity, probably. Um, thank you to Tim for sharing. Thank you as very much. Always his. Thank you. Your unique point of view on the fashion industry. I'm Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. This is Tim Planks, our editor at large, and we bid you farewell. And we look forward to speaking to you again very soon about all to know in the fashion business. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Goodbye. So that's all for our Inside Fashion this week on the BOF podcast. If you missed our live video conversation with Tim Blanks because you're not a BOF professional member, well, now's your opportunity to join. Enter the code PODCAST2018 at the checkout to receive 25% off of your first membership to BOF Professional. BOF Professional is our global membership community that gives you access to everything you need to know to be a top professional in the fashion business, from exclusive features and content to our special biannual print editions, and yes, access to conversations at BOF Professional Live. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. <coughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.